Hey, welcome back to the Tunes Tunes podcast. I'm your host, Harold. We got Sam Washburn in the house. What up, Sam? Hey, man. How's it going? Good, man. Thanks for coming out. Um, real quick, guys, you could follow us on social media, Tunes Tunes podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, and then you can listen to us on Google Play, iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And so, uh, yeah, Sam, uh, I'm really excited to have you in, man. You've been trying to have you in for a little while. <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a traveling man. He's a rolling stone. It seems to be a, a perpetual game of phone tag yeah, or whatever the equivalent is. But <laughs> I'm, I'm thrilled to actually be here. I, I, you told me we had an opening. And I was like, damn it. This this will be the week. Yeah, <laughs> like, making it happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we uh, we met last year, right? Was uh, when was Wizard World? Was it in October? It feels almost like two years ago, it right? Feels like but a long yeah, time ago. it was it was October. October was a crazy month for me. Oh yeah, it was, uh, it was busy, man, for sure. Yeah, but uh, we met at Wizard World. I was there with Clint Walking Stick and Brian Winkler. Yeah, who was an alumni of this show, I guess. Yeah, he is, and. Uh, uh, that's I think that's where we first met. We may have met before at like some ad agency, yeah, like thing. in passing. I think yeah, maybe probably. an AIGA thing, maybe. But that'd probably be it. I'm on the um, board for AIGA. Oh, cool. so, yeah, yeah. Um, and so you were. Uh, I think I actually had you on a mini episode, actually. So yeah, I think I did, well, I did because it was cool because at Wizard World, it was like three Oklahoma dudes were had an actual table where they were premiering. Um, you're premiering Discount Force, wasn't it? Yeah, Discount Force, and Brian was uh, premiering. Uh, Agent, Agent G, G and yeah. some other work. Yeah. yeah, I had to cop. I had to cop both of those for sure. Yeah, um, but that was a cool thing, man. That was really cool to see some Oklahoma representation in a in a, at an event like this or like a like Wizard World. And so definitely going again this year. So I'm excited. I think it's again in October. But I'm 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 excited to hear that. I'm kind of amazed they're doing it again. So yeah, I'll be good. Yeah, yeah hopefully when, there'll be more Oklahomans. I know. <laughs> I was thinking honest. that it was kind yeah. of just you guys, and it was like. There were a few other people, but yeah. uh, we actually walked around, and I think we realized we were the only like art and writing team that were there from Oklahoma. Yeah, that's what it was. It yeah. was like you guys were like the only like combo in that in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I met some cool people there. I met a girl from uh, New Mexico. I think she was from or Colorado, one of the two. But she was really cool, Mariah Hummer. Yeah, and she did a whole series about like it was like a roller derby. Yeah, uh, I was just thinking she the was same really person. cool. Yeah, flat yep. track fury. She was mm-hmm. really cool. So I met a lot of neat people there. Um, but it was definitely a good time. Yeah, and I'm I'm really excited that they're bringing it back. Actually, one of the other people that have been on this show, Jacob uh, Galatia, mm-hmm. uh, J Train. He uh, we went one one of the days. He went with me, and we played trivia. They had like a trivia night. Yeah. We actually won the trivia. Well, there you go. So we won tickets this year to Wizard World. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> I was like, this well, is awesome. Yeah. Uh, that must be, uh, that'll be fun. It I mean, if cool. you get in there for free, that, that really is oh, yeah, something it was else. Neat. Yeah. yeah, it was definitely neat. It was, it was a good time. It's this unique mixture of um, like sea level celebrities and like, a, yeah. and like a traveling carnival. Well, I always like talking. It really was. Yeah, I always like talking to the, or like visiting the creators because some of them, uh, some of them, I'm, I'm kind of wondering what they're doing, but then others are like, you know, it's cool to see them because they're doing their own small business kind of thing. Uh, I'll never forget we our booth was actually right across from Hacksaw Jim Duggan, yeah, and that was that was rad. And we actually got to see Val Kilmer with his like full on like vampire cover me up from the sun outfit, like get pulled in on a golf caddy 
to Whoa. meet people in his private VIP area. Shit, he was like that, like incognito. Yeah, he was incognito. I, like you know, I, he, we thought he'd canceled because he wasn't there for the first day. Yeah, I remember that was like the and, rumor. And like uh, Wizard World is notorious for cancellations. Like Kate Beckinsale, who I wanted to see, I know she canceled she too. canceled. And it was like, come on, Kate. Like, <laughs> yeah, what are you doing that you can't like, come to Wizard World? I, I mean, maybe there's well, another underworld in the works. Yeah, I mean, it's not like you expect like like people like Lou Ferrigno show up and it's like you know and he was they on the know the deal. Show. Yeah, they know the deal. They're always there. Like this is their bread and butter, and it's always kind of disappointing because you know there's always at least one big celebrity that's kind of like okay, I'm out. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I'm not coming to Nah, but it was a good time for sure, man. I'll, I'll yeah. definitely go again this year. Not just because I got free tickets, but. Because I genuinely want to go. Hey, you got to pick up those cheap action <laughs> figures, man. Action figures and comics. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. Um, so it was kind of exciting. You know, you have that background and illustration. You worked on those comics and like just your own stuff, too. But um, it's always kind of like that uh, that Hail Mary that I do. I'm like, do you like anime by chance? Yeah. And sometimes people say no. And I'm like, ugh. And so, but you actually do like anime. And so I was excited to hear one of your favorite shows, Big O. Yep. Um, that was one of my favorite shows. I remember watching it, uh, I think it was a late night tsunami block on Saturday night. Yep. When they showed like all the anime. I still remember the tagline. It, they, that was back when Toonami was doing like the, hey, I'm the cool robot. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to walk around and tell you what's going on. Up next is Big O. And it's yeah. like. Gundam meets Batman and, and like all of this, like, that's how they were pitching it. Yeah. yeah. Not wrong at all. Yeah. But I, that's when I first yeah. saw it too. That voice, that guy yeah. is actually Steve Bloom. The guy that did the voice of Tom on Toonami. Yeah. As Steve Bloom, he did the voice of Spike on, um, on a uh, Cowboy Bebop. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So same guy. <laughs> and so he's done, he, well, he does a lot of voice acting, but I, yeah. I remember always thinking like, that guy sounds like, he sounds like Spike from Cowboy Bebop. It's like their own little subset of celebrities, the people yeah. who do the voices for uh, anime. Yeah. Because you see them on like the, on the circuit. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially if they're like a lot of the same companies like Funimation. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been watching a couple shows and I'll hear like, I know I'll, I'll know it's a Funimation because like I hear all the same guys I've heard on, uh, on like Dragon Ball Z or something. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's, that's After Piccolo. they changed the voices yeah. on DBZ. Well, yeah. That's Piccolo for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just like, it's funny to watch shows like that and like pick those voices out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was definitely one of the shows. It was just so like the style of it was so different than what was out. You know what I mean? Cause it really was mm-hmm. like Batman, um, like Batman, the animated series, freaking iconic, but it was definitely that style, like very film noir, you know? Um, I don't know if maybe they had like the same kind of illustration because, um, I listened to Caleb Masters and Josh Unruh. They do a Batman the Animated Series podcast. Mm-hmm. And on, like, I think it was on the first episode, they were talking about how Batman the Animated Series was drawn on black paper. Yeah, the backgrounds were. And mm-hmm. so it's like, that's why it's so dark. Yep. And I always wonder, I was like, I wonder if they did that with Big O. Because, like, even in the daytime, like in Batman the Animated Series, it was always still really dark. Mm-hmm. And so almost like lots that, of tans, yeah, almost like that, like, yeah, like, like yeah. a twilight, like a, that time of day is like happens to be all the scenes or something, but it's, it's usually really dark in the show. And so, and it's kind of that testament to like that film noir style, but is that kind of what drew you into that show? Big O like just kind of like the style of it and like how it was different or w- what was like your intro to the show? Well, Big O has got an interesting history because like, uh, it, it's, it debuted in Japan uh, in 1999 and we didn't actually get it till early 2000. 
and I've got some research on it here. Uh, but yeah, we didn't get it to like 2001. So like right before nine 11 and all that, you know, world changing stuff. It was sort of like the heyday. I would have been like 13 or 14 at the time when I first heard about it. Yeah. I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a baby when it comes to like (laughs) all my peers, but like, uh, but like I would have been like just entering, uh, like just leaving middle school, entering high school when it was coming out. So I was a real like nerd. So like, you know, superhero comics, the Simpsons, all that kind of stuff. So I, I would have watched Batman, the made series and stuff like that at the time. And it was right when anime was really blowing up. Like we were talking about tsunami and stuff. Right. So, uh, I'd watched, um, you know, like everyone else, I, I kind of like would come over to school and it would either be like sailor moon or DBZ. So those were the first two ones I saw. Yeah. It was always sailor moon followed by DBZ. That was yeah. like the two, it was like the one, two combo right when you got home. Yeah. Until your friends were like, sailor moon's for girls. And you're like, Oh no. Uh, like, <laughs> you can be a social pariah for watching a show. Yeah. Well, to me it was all just, <laughs> it was all just, it was all Power Rangers, right? Because it was all the same thing. Monster of the Week. Yeah, Monster of the Week. It's like Japan, like make a monster, have some teenager fight it, let's go to town. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I was like, you know, I think I told you uh, when we were talking about doing this podcast, I was huge into like Godzilla and crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when when I saw these previews for like this giant art deco looking robot, like just punching things. And then they mentioned Batman. I'm like, Oh, I'm there. Cause this was when this was at the nadir of Batman. So like the only Batman we had our t- to hang our hats on, this was before Batman begins. It was after like the train wreck of Batman and Robin. <laughs> the only, the only Batman we had really was the animated Batman. So I was like, well, that series is over. So I'll, I'll check out this series and see what it's like. And what was neat about it was the artwork was really like, uh, instead like most animes, you, you kind of look at it and it's basically they're pulled from a manga, right? So it's whatever that artist's manga was. That's where they pull the art style from. What was neat about the Big O was even though it came from a manga, they had like a ton, like it was almost like a blender of aesthetic inspirations and one of them was batman they made series so it was batman uh godzilla a little bit of james bond and then uh giant robo yeah like mech and like astro Gundam boy or, yeah yeah uh lots of uh what's his name osamu tezuka influence like the, the godfather of uh uh manga and anime so it was like you look at it and, and you think like Gundam, right? It's very sci-fi and they don't put that much detail into like the human characters because they want to see the really articulated robots. Yeah. This, it always, what I liked about it as like a artist and like at the time, you know, a drawer was a lot of effort was put into like uh, the aesthetics of like the city, uh, how all of the individual characters operate with each other. It was very sleek. Um, I guess we should give some background to folks because it's not that well known in anime. No, it's it, really, yeah. People don't, I feel like that's not one that people are like, that's one of my favorite ones or I remember yeah. that. It, well, it only got two seasons. All right, I'll, I'll give you all the, the quick rundown. So the Big O is this um, story about uh, a guy named Roger Smith. And that's Steve Bloom too. 
Are you kidding me? It's Steve Bloom. All yeah. right. So he just done everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I meant to say that earlier. Like that's yeah. the same guy. All right. So Steve Bloom, <laughs> uh, uh, what's the show where they used to like the guy would time hop through different bodies. Oh, like a quantum, a quantum leap. leap, quantum leap. Yeah. Okay. So it's an episode of quantum leap <laughs> broken into like 24 parts. Uh, so it's this story about a character named Roger Smith. And he is basically our stand in for Batman. He's this, he has this job title to call negotiator and he operates out of a city called paradigm city. And, uh, what's interesting about it is it's set in, there's a big mystery involved where some giant disaster struck the world, uh, 40 years before the show takes place. So our setting is this place called paradigm city, and it is essentially a giant collection of domes. And outside of those domes is a wasteland. And because of some big disaster that happened 40 years ago, everyone lost their memory. Like, that's the big hook of the series. Yeah, the big, the, everyone has amnesia. Everyone has amnesia. Yeah. So it's either, I think it's like 30 or 40 years in the past that they got amnesia. But the big hook is everyone has amnesia. So that's like uh, a big part of what drives sort of the action is trying to figure out, well, how do you operate like that? What's weird about it is Roger Smith is this negotiator. So his job is to basically negotiate hostage situations, Mm -hmm. investigate things uh, the same way as like, it's like a really cool James Bond version of like uh, an insurance assessor. Yeah. I mean, essentially. Yeah. And he was, he used to be on the police force. He used to be on the police force. And that sort of, that goes back into the Batman thing again, because he sort of has a relationship with the The captain. Yeah. Yeah. The captain of the police force. Um, and he has his own Butler, but instead of like putting on a suit like Batman, he, uh, summons a giant mech. And, and what's great about the show is they never explain because Roger doesn't know how he knows how to pilot the mech. <laughs> the butler doesn't know how he knows how to fix the mech, but somehow it all works. And there's a giant underground train system that transports the mech. And That's it's like one of the coolest parts. The animations yeah. with that, with the transportation, like when the when he summons Big O. Big O. That's some of the coolest shit. Action. Like, yeah, yeah. it's, it's his, crazy, he gets right? He Dick Tracy watch out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And like he summons this giant thing. It's not even called a mech. It's called a mega deuce. Yeah. Which I thought was the coolest thing. That shit is tight. Cause they don't treat it quite like a robot. They treat it like a, like a creature. Yeah. And, uh, so he, every episode basically involves Roger stumbling upon a mystery or, uh, his, I guess for lack of a better term, ward, who's an Android named Dorothy. Yeah. Uh, who's introduced in the first episode who's basically his sidekick slash sort of romantic interest. Yeah. They kinda, never really develop goofy. it. Yeah. Slash kinda blade runner ish. Yeah. It's really, it like, really is blade runner ish. Yeah. Cause she, she's very like, uh, she, she develops a personality throughout the series, but like they're very coy with it. Mm-hmm. Like she's not there as like it's a, understated. Yeah. yeah. She's not there as like a, a flashy manga girl. You would think, like, you know, when you think about like stereotypical, like you go into DBZ, she's not like a Bulma. Yeah. Uh, she's just like that huge personality and like over the board, like overboard. Yeah. It's very, it's very subtle. 
Uh, it's not overplayed like with most anime where like the women are very like, Oh, and, and they're very <laughs> emotional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so like uh, that's, that's part of what I liked about it too, was he had, he's this badass like James Bond looking dude who's basically Batman, but with a giant robot. His sidekick is an Android who is like smaller than him, but could kick his ass. And she does kick his ass like in, in different episodes, like, uh, where, you know, for some contrivance they fight and he just, she just like beats the crud out of him. because <laughs> I mean, she's a robot. Well, like. they have this, I, I remember distinctly, there's this one scene where something happens and she like shuts down. So Roger, and this is one of the cool things about the series is they think about these little details. So Roger Smith is like, something's exploding. He's like, Dorothy, we got to get out of here. And actually it may have been the police captain cut that part. Anyway, like uh, <laughs> somebody is like, you gotta get out of here. And he grabs her and she, she looks like a little girl Yeah, and but he she's can't heavy. move yeah, her. That. She's like a ton. So yeah. he's like, Oh God. Yeah. And he like pulls his back out, like just trying to move her. And like, there's like the sound of like concrete scraping yeah, on concrete. He's like dragging her. I remember yeah. that. It was like one of the first episodes actually. Yeah, it had to be. I yeah. think it was probably like episode two. Yeah. One or two. For yeah. Sure. But this is the longest like explanation of a series ever. So anyway, he <laughs> it's Batman with a giant robot and it's only two seasons. The first season is the best because oh, yeah. it's basically monster of the week. Yeah. And he's but it's good. There's good bits of like exposition though. I think. Yeah. Well, there's this overarching mystery. Yeah. And, and like the whole thing is like, they drop little tidbits like the X files used to of like, here's like a little bit more advancement in the plot. Here's a little yeah. bit more, a little bit more. Unfortunately, and we're only going to talk about season one tonight, folks, because that's where all the action is. <laughs> season two is where they try to give you all the answers. Yeah, they try to do too much. And it, it becomes really like, okay, uh, I, don't, I, don't, like, I, I don't need to. It, it becomes a lot of like sitting around and talking heads. Yeah, it's uh, kind of it kind of ruins like. I, well, I don't want to say ruin, but I feel like it kind of undid a lot of the good that the first season did. It's it's that typical problem, right? Yeah. It's like you have a formula that's working, and if you, especially when you build it around a mystery, you can never. I've I've rarely seen people like solve the mystery and everyone's happy with it. Oh yeah, definitely. Like no one's ever happy with it. Look at Star Wars. I mean, I like the prequels, but like. You know, everyone's like, oh, they suck. And it's like, well, you wanted to see where Darth Vader came from, yeah, folks. That is so true. So why don't you just deal with well, it? Well, yeah. people would have bitched either way. Yeah. They're like, well, we want that. And then, and then they, they make that. Yeah, and then, then they well, don't we don't like it. it. Like, goddamn. The fanboy culture, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> I love how I've just dogged on them. And then I hate season two because it's yeah. all about like uncovering <laughs> the mysteries. Well, the don't problem, give me the answers. Yeah, the problem is... <laughs> Well, the the whole season is sort of like a giant tease because they give you like half the answers, but then they're like, tune into season three and it's been, you know, 17 years. That's never going to happen. <laughs> uh, like, uh, so you don't get like the fun. You still get some of the monster battles, but it's not as much it's fun. It's not as good as the first season. Yeah. I mean, that's just, it's fair to say. I mean, that's mm-hmm. like an almost universally accepted opinion i think of people that know the show mm-hmm. it's kind of like everyone that is a fan of dragon ball z hates gt 
Like I've never met anyone that that was a fan of Dragon Ball. I never GT. even saw it. I'm jealous. That, that's the one where I'm very like jealous of you. They tried to reboot it, right? And they turned Goku into yeah, a little kid got, again. Yeah, it was weird. And then they had to go around the universe to find the Dragon Balls. I remember and if they didn't do it in a year. Like the the, the Earth would blow up. So it was kind I, of a good concept, but wow, lacking in execution. I, I remember reading about that when the internet was like new and, and like telling my friends, "Oh my god, guys." There's a story after Dragon Ball Z. Oh, yeah. And they were like, shut up, Sam. No, there's not. And I'm like, you don't understand. Like, Goku's hair is going to change color. Shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. It was great. I mean, some yeah. of those, like, the, I, I will, to its credit, I will give some, like, the, some of the character designs were pretty badass in, mm-hmm. in GT. But other than that, I mean, there's, I don't think there's well, any Well, it's a real shame, quality. right? Because yeah. it sounded like they were just trying to do, like, a best of, and it's, like, trunks and young goku yeah and I, what pan was pan. her name yeah, his, yeah goku's granddaughter that's so weird to me because <laughs> like goku never gets old and his family gets old around him yeah like bulma gets old and like all these vegeta folks. has a mustache like what the fuck that's amazing but i think it, yeah. i mean I, I think it's pretty i don't know if it's official but i think it's pretty accepted that gt is not canon oh really yeah i always wondered because i know they're redoing everything now so yeah. well they kind of did they did a couple things with that like they did kai dragon ball z mm-hmm. kai which is just like a basically a streamlined version Oh, like they, they cut they, out all the half they, hours yeah, of everybody grunting a lot of the filler. and powering up. Yeah, like. and then and then they did Super, which is supposed to follow like more of like where the original left off. Yeah, and uh, that's where they are now. But oh man, I don't know. I, God, it sounds like Star Trek. I'm kind of like a, I'm almost like a, a Gen Oneer when I like on a lot of the things that I like. Yeah, like Pokemon's big for me, mm-hmm. but like I really don't fuck with anything like past Gen Two. Like I do like the Gen Two stuff. Yeah. But from then on, I'm like, really? Like, did we need a keychain Pokemon? Like, that's did, amazing. Did we need an there's ice cream a, cone there's Pokemon? There's a keychain Pokemon. Yeah. That, that, wow. Well, they ran out of shit to make Pokemon for. Yeah. <laughs> I I thought they were in trouble when it was like, hey man, this one Pokemon is just letters. It's yeah, just letters. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, that's at least twenty six. We're buying ourselves. <clears throat> man, but, I I knew there was like, you want to talk about weirdness? I was at the Target the other day and at the Target. At the Target, yeah. Like, uh, well, I was actually getting a present for my wife because it was her birthday this week. But um, oh yeah, yeah. But like, uh, it was the funniest thing, and it, it gave me total flashback to Pokemon because they have these. You know, they've they've pimped out this Five Nights at Freddy's. We're getting way off topic. <laughs> oh no, yeah, you're this, right. Yeah, these Five Nights at Freddy's toys, and one of them was literally, oh, here's a glitch character, and it was like. <laughs> And I, you can't There's pronounce it. It's a broken thing. Yeah. It was like, that's a glitch. And, and like the character's like a rabbit with nothing on it. And it's like, like little bits of broken stuff. I'm like, is that like the freaking missing? No, of, of like it is. five nights at Freddy's and you're like making it. money off of it. Am I going to see a missing? No action figure. You know, people make t-shirts of that. Yeah. Like, I've, I've seen, seen a bunch of work yeah. and it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a glitch. <laughs> like it doesn't look like anything. Well, it just becomes so yeah. like that for people that like Pokemon, that's like their shit. Yeah. And so they get they got into, a whole they, Pokedex is full of missing. Yeah, nose. So they get yeah. into everything and anything and everything about like the lure, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like anything having to do with it. And so, you know, finding those things, it's almost like, Oh, this is a cool thing. So when it's like your go-to show, you want to do anything you can to like learn more about it or have something different. Yeah. And so I totally get into that because it's like 
you know, it's the total fanboy culture of it because you want to like have it ingrained, like it's ingrained in you. So you want to like pull out any single, like anything you can mm-hmm. that's different about the show. And a lot of it's a reach, but man, like a missing no action figure, like <laughs> can you imagine that's a little overboard. They're making pixelate. They make pixelated little figurines of Mario and Link now. You know someone's going to be like, ooh, it's my time. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm missing no. It's like the Funko Pops of like the 80s or something. Yeah. But that's uh, funny, man. I uh, So I, I was definitely like excited when you you did, tabbed a, a big O as being your one of your favorite series. But I also thought it was interesting you uh, put like, a series you really didn't like. Oh, yeah. And it's when one that a lot of people like Attack on Titan. Yeah, a lot of people I, like that show on my show I guess that we'll I've had do, on. I, I guess we'll do a little inside baseball. Yeah. Um, I, uh, Please you, do. When you ask me about this, I <laughs> like I used to watch anime a ton as a kid. Now I watch more of like the European and American stuff. Yeah. But like uh, I really was struggling because you have a list here of like, what are your, what's your favorite anime series? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and I'm really like struggling because the only one that ever stood out to me was like Cyborg 009. I remember that too. Yeah. It didn't and they last rebooted very long. It on Netflix. I know. I saw that. It doesn't look as cool. Yeah. But like, uh, like, uh, and that and the big O. Uh, but like, your follow-up question is what are another four or five shows you like? And I, I had already spilled the beans. I was like, well, I'll tell you one I hate and it's attack on Titan. And I will like explain. Okay. So let's get, let me give you some background. Cause I know a lot of people love it and I will admit the Titans look awesome. I, I think the Titans are a really interesting concept. Just like, cause they're essentially giant zombies. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a really fun sort of quirky concept. What I don't like about it was I was first really introduced to it in a uh, uh, illustration class. I'm finishing up my master's degree, and part of that uh, involved going into some undergraduate classes and sort of um, uh, studying with that work. So I was brought up to like the lingo of what UCO was doing. Uh, that's where I'm getting my master's. Nice. So roll chose shout to UCO. Yeah. So like, uh, no, it's great. I love UCO. Number one, number one. That's right. baby. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> but like, uh, um, it, it was weird. Cause I was, you know, late twenties and I'm in this class with undergraduates doing like illustration. So the first assignment was actually as a class, they had to decide, let's find something to oh. do a theme on. And somebody says, Oh, we should do attack on Titan. And I'm like, what the hell is attack on Titan? And, and I'm like, and they're like, Oh, we got, we got to watch it. We got to watch attack on Titan. Oh man. It's so great. <laughs> and I, I'm like, what is going on? Like, and we watch it and it's, it's like a bunch of German kids and they're all like, Oh, we're living in a village and this is great. And then these monsters attack and I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. And then it's five episodes of everyone crying. So like we're talking about Dragon Ball Z, right? What's the big rag on Dragon Ball Z? Like the powering up, the powering up. Here's five episodes of powering up. Well, I will take like Goku and Piccolo squatting like, (laughs) (laughs) like for like an hour before I will watch these like, I don't even, I, I was so like turned off by it because it was like the main character, literally every episode, he starts crying. He remembers his mom dying 
I know that's very emotional. <laughs> get over it, bro. We well, get it. Well, I don't need to see that five times. <laughs> and and what, what happened was we had to watch, we watched like four or five episodes in a row because it's on Netflix. Yeah. So as inspiration, we had to watch it. After the third episode where he stops for another five minutes and starts crying about how miserable this world is they live in. And I'm like, yeah, you do kind of suck at killing Titans because your team just keeps getting murdered every time you go out there. But you seem to find a way to survive it and then cry about it afterwards. And I understand that like, it's a cultural thing. It's just not my thing. (laughs) But when it's like, it's like, it's like torture when like, even if it's not that, you know, it's just not my taste, but when I'm forced to watch it for two hours, I got so sick of it. And and we had to do our, we had to do like avatars based off of it. So everybody is like putting themselves in those, what do they call the hunters in that? Like the, I want to call them Jaegers for some reason. That's not right. that, That might be it. That's actually a show I haven't watched. Oh, really? But I, I wanted to hear you shit on it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you should bring someone who likes it, I guess. I had to poke the bear a little bit. Oh, God. Uh, like, uh, and I, I know I know a lot of people like it a lot, but it's very, it's everything that people rag on anime about being. It's overly emotional. It's very tiered to like a specific culture. And there's nothing wrong with that. But like, you, you, it, it was just bizarre because these kids were into it the way you and I would have been into Pokemon. And I get that it's their thing, but I'm like, dude, these, these kids are crying all the time. Like they're super hyper emotional and I'm not getting enough of the giant zombie monsters <laughs> to make up for it. <laughs> for my fix. Yeah. Give me my fix. And, and like, and that's another show where it's like, Ooh, there's a big mystery. Where'd the Titans come from? We're not going to tell you. We, you got to wait three years. Cause they got to write the manga first. And it was just like, Oh yeah, my. that is kind of tough. Whenever like you're trying to catch up and you're like, God damn it. Yeah. Well, it's like, you get this blue-balled. is, this is a, this is a bombastic, awesome music video, but I do not need to sit here for five hours watching these guys like, try and attack the Titans only to have their legs broken. And then it turns out one of them is a Titan. And, and, and eventually I get so lost. I'm like, what is going on? This is so confusing. <laughs> you know, like, so that's my, that's my little rant. That's the spiel. Yeah. And, and the crazy thing is it's kind of died out in popularity probably so? because after like two seasons, it got so repetitive. People were like, Damn. I I just don't want to see it anymore. Okay. Well, they had a live action movie in Japan, which apparently did very poorly. Oh, I didn't even know they did that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it looked cool. I mean, like it's hard to do. We talk about that. That's the thing we talk about on the show a lot is if we could do like live action series, like who we'd cast and do we think it would yeah. work? But I mean, it didn't work for Dragon Ball Z. So, oh my God. <laughs> Oh my God, that was awful. Yeah. That whole show, like uh, that whole movie. Oh, wow. It was real bad. Yeah. Real bad. Mm-hmm. It was a bad casting, but. Yeah. But. It was just a bad movie. It wasn't just bad casting. It was just not a good story. Well, you know. It just wasn't a good adaptation, I it, didn't think. The same things happened to things like Street Fighter. I think you and I spent like half an hour once talking about Ghost in the Shell. Oh, yeah. Like, I actually, like, my wife and I went to go see it. It's it's a pretty amazing like visually it's an amazing movie. Yeah. It looks amazing. You can't stick up for it though because an hour and a half into it we find out that you know spoiler alert spoiler alert Uh-oh. everyone. Yeah, like uh, an hour and a half into <laughs> it we find out that Scarlett Johansson who's been doing a really good job in this movie, oh actually she's Japanese. 
And you're like, what? You couldn't tell? Yeah, right? <laughs> and, and it's just like, I, I know that that sort of, it goes back to sort of like a cultural thing. But like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, this movie can't come back from that. Oh yeah. Because it was, it's insulting. Yeah. Like you can like, why, why did she have to turn into a white woman? And I, like, I like Scarlett Johansson, you know, she is an amazing after actress. Like she does great work. Like, obviously she's great in things like the Avengers and she's basically carved out this niche for herself. But why, why did she have to be in it? <laughs> like I don't know. I, I know. Like, I, I know the they're answer, trying Sam. to sell tickets, but like people are going to get so angry when they find out she's actually a Japanese girl who they turned into a white girl. They literally whitewashed her. Yeah, they literally whitewashed. And, and as soon as you see that, it doesn't matter how good the rest of the movie is. And it's got some amazing moments in it, like when the police chief takes out like five assassins, and he says that amazing line, which is like, uh, "Don't send." Uh, I'm going to get it wrong. But I think it's don't send rabbits to hunt a fox, I think is the line. But, you know, there's great moments in that movie. And it, it it's like Blade Runner, it, it, like, you know, as far as visuals and stuff go. But you can't get past that one problem. It was the point of no return. It really is. And, and, and like, it, you're just you're just sitting there like, you know, we, what are we even doing? Like, did they just think it wouldn't sell? I, I'm sure that's why I they guess. were like, we need a marquee name on it. That, like, I mean, you know, that's probably exactly what it was. They probably didn't yeah. even think of it outside of that. Yeah. They were thinking of just dollars and cents. Like, mm-hmm. we need a blockbuster name to stick on this. Yeah. Um, we know it's going to have universal appeal for people that were a fan of the series. But mm-hmm. I think the way that they tied it in was probably not the best. No. Because um, it just don't even address it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's already bad enough. Like, we already, we can see that she's a white woman. Mm-hmm. And so that was, like, the big thing when that movie came out was, like, the cries of like whitewashing and yeah. you can't really deny and it, it. And it just makes it worse yeah. when, when like you try to, it's like, it's like you're trying to cover like, a plot hole. Yeah, exactly. And then when you, when you make it obvious, that's what you're doing. It, it's like, you know, like why'd you even bother? Why didn't you just set this in? Like, if you wanted to be faithful to the series, like why didn't you just, you know, just change the story a little bit, make her, make her not Japanese, I guess. But even then, it's kind of like it's taking place in Japan. So it's like, come on, guys. Just yeah. just cast a Japanese actress. We can handle it. <laughs> I, I mean, we're look ready at, for it. Yeah, like, it, this is silliness. Like, they think we're babies, and we can't handle, like, a non-white person, like, in a movie. I guess that's why, like, Black Panther has made, like, a billion dollars, right? I, I don't Literally know. Literally did make a billion dollars. Yeah. That's insane. Like, I, I, I'm hoping that... You know, by the time I have kids and they can go see movies, we're kind of past all that. Yeah, because it, it it's is bullshit. For yeah, sure. it's just it's it it's just it's odd. It, it it's I don't think it's like obviously it's not malicious. It's just like it's innate. It's something that yeah. they thought of. They didn't even give it a second thought. Like, of course, we're gonna cast a white person. In this. Yeah. Man, we're going off in all sorts of tangents. Oh, shit. We should uh, move back to the big <laughs> O while we still got time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, we kind of. T- uh, we were kind of talking about this earlier with Cyborg 009. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was another thing you said you were a fan of was uh, Osamu Tuzaki's Metropolis. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that was, yeah. Just to give you guys some uh, uh, background on Osamu 
to Zuka, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting his name messed up. These name, yeah, the names are tough for yeah, sure. Yeah, he is considered like the godfather of manga. Uh, so when you look at Astro Boy, he's the guy who invented that. And that goes back to like the 40s and stuff. And you were asking what sort of anime movies were you, were you inspired by? And again, I like sci-fi stuff. And for some reason, they did a version of his version of Metropolis. And I love Metropolis, the original Fritz Lane movie from the uh, 30s. It's amazing. If you guys haven't seen it, uh, silent film. It's all about like robots and revolution and all this kind of stuff. So he did a manga of it. And then years later, like in 2001, uh, they made an anime, which was sort of like a mixing of the two. And people really, I don't know why, but like a lot of people really didn't like it, Hmm. which I thought was was different probably. Yeah. Well, because it looks like uh, Mickey Mouse characters walking around. They're all human, but they kind of look like dolls. And what what I liked about it was it didn't look like Akira, where they look very realistic, which is also amazing. It didn't look like a Miyazaki film. It was like this weird, like, uh, Flesher cartoon, but like with really serious themes. Yeah. And like stuff. caricatures acting out like a serious. Yeah. It, Cause there's like assassinations. It's all about like, uh, this detective who comes in to investigate a murder in this place called Metropolis and Metropolis has like a, a class system with like robots on the bottom and humans at the top and stuff. Yeah. And, the sort of the MacGuffin of the film is, uh, I believe her name's Maria. I think it was Maria in the original, but like uh, she's this cyborg and she's sort of like the link between humans and robots. So all of this crazy stuff happens. It's like, it's sort of one of those things where, Oh, we discovered this giant conspiracy and now we're like running around trying to, yeah, the whole story is behind that is like exploring that. Yeah. But what I like about it is it's all of that. And it's like cute little cartoon characters. Yeah. That's kind of, <laughs> yeah, that is kind of like, it's almost, uh, they, they almost don't go hand in hand. You're like, well, that's this is like a really deep story, but like, this is like cartoon characters. And that's, that's what I like about <laughs> like that sort of thing. Yeah. I, I should have done a, I should have done a plot synopsis of it to better explain it for folks. But if you get a chance, I know for a while it was on Crackle, which is like that free online yeah. streaming service. Yeah. If you ever get a chance, check it out because like the translation was done really well. Uh, it's got like robot detectives and like all this great shit happening in it. I think it's really like a, it's a hidden gem. Really worth checking out. Cool, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, you guys go check that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let Sam know what you I thought. I demand it. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's funny because I don't watch anime and stuff really that much anymore. But when I had to sit here and actually brainstorm, I was like, oh, yeah, there's like actually a lot of stuff I was into. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like when that, I was that's younger. definitely across the board. Yeah. It's like it's so commonplace for people to like anime now. Yeah. But and that's kind of one of the themes of the show is we talk about how it was kind of uncool back in the day. to like It really that. was. I, now it's like I just saw an article. Um, about like Kim Kardashian's favorite anime. Like what the wow. fuck? Well, I remember like <laughs> back in the day going into Suncoast video and it was next to the porn. Oh my God. Suncoast. <laughs> like, <laughs> the porn. Yeah. It was like, well, it wasn't was, far from that. Some of that shit's. Yeah. Kind of and it was back like all the, su- all the stuff next to it is like covered up and it's like, why is that <laughs> stuff covered up? Oh my God. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, right, next, right next to college co-eds too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But like uh, getting back into it, I've always been drawn to like the anime that's sort of like weird anime. Like it, it's like this does not look like anime when you see it. Like sort of the Animatrix stuff. I mean, going back to the big O, part of the reason I like it so much is because stylistically it looked so unique. Yeah. Well, even like the Matrix. The, the Matrix itself came out in 99, right? Yeah. So then the Animatrix right. followed not long after obviously mm-hmm. it's gonna be inspired from that people forget how big that was, it was huge. I, and i guess people now wouldn't even know but that series was huge well, and they're very very inspired by anime oh yeah um mm-hmm. there's i mean there's videos we've talked about this before with like some of my other guests is because we kind of you know we kind of talk about the advent of american anime yeah and i think Anna, the animatrix is you know benchmark for that yeah i mean you've seen you see videos of people uh side by side shotting um some dragon ball z scenes with scenes from like the you know the second matrix movie and things mm-hmm. like that like uh the highway scenes very reminiscent of anime yeah um just just you know some of its style and some of it's just simply because of the physics of the sh- of the how the movie was how they shot the movie i think a lot of it too is just talent knows talent right like they like uh, when you get up to that level of like filmmakers and stuff, they're like, they know, they know that stuff is good. So they don't care if it's popular or not. They're going to like, you know, put their uh, spin on it. Yeah, yeah. Put their spin on it and sort of like fuse it together. I mean, I'm real excited for this new Batman anime. Have you seen yeah, the previous for this? Like, uh, I saw a teaser for it. Someone sent me one. Yeah. That to me looks like, you know, that's the fruition of sort of what you're talking about, like the American anime fusion. It looks amazing, and I love the fact that it's in Japanese too, because it actually you know it flows better, right? For some reason, the the melodramatic voices sound better. <laughs> but that's uh, interesting, is because like the Big O only got a second season because of American influence. It was actually oh, yeah. yeah, it was actually co-produced by Cartoon Network. The second season was because for some reason, for well, a brief mirror of time before nine eleven, after the Matrix came out people were really into that kind of stuff. Like that sort of like weird, you know, I, I think we were in that sort of weird period where like, uh, we all knew nothing but security. You know what I mean? Like our generation was like, we never really had to think about like stuff outside the country. So all of our like dystopian stuff was very nihilist. It was like, Oh, some big nebulous mystery happened, but it's okay. Cause now we get to drive cool cars yeah. and wear trench coats. So, that's sort of like I think what appealed to people that and like the whole monster of the week. Well, I think thing. that's yeah, yeah, very true. And I think you, even with the two that you're talking about, you know, Big O and the Matrix, mm-hmm. you see a lot of parallels there. Very yeah, very you know, there's some neo noir elements there, and they all like, take place in one city, and everyone's <laughs> everyone's like uh, you see like Apoc in the Matrix, like a couple him and a couple of those guys are very well dressed, mm-hmm. and that's like a that's a theme. You know, in Big O, you know, Roger is suited up 24-7, like, yep. just dapper as fuck, like, at, at, at any given moment. And so I think you see a lot of those themes, a lot of those things that, like, you know, are paralleled there. Um, but more so, yeah, if, if you get a chance to check out, I, I could send you, like, a video or whatever, but I, I, someone had shared it to me, like, something they found on YouTube where they, like, literally side-by-side. That's crazy We're to me. playing, yeah. like, a, a, a fight scene from Dragon Ball Z and, like, 
different scenes from the matrix that took inspiration from it. It's like, man, that's insane, man. I, I had to look at that. Cause I, it's been a long time since I've seen Dragon Ball Z, but all I remember is like that. Yeah. We're like a thousand the punches at punches, once. Yeah. And cells just kind of like, dit, dit, <laughs> dit, uh-huh. well, it was like the very, um, like one scene that sticks out to me is when, um, I think it's the second, the second matrix movie where Neo's fighting agent Smith and they're like in the rain, like in the city. Yeah. And they like they like hit each other and then they fly up real high and then they oh, okay. they, I can they see fly it now. Yeah. Like apart from each other and yeah. they fly at each other. Like that's like textbook Dragon Ball Z. That's true. Yeah. Like that the, is pew, Yeah, pew, they've used that pew. more than once. Yeah, and yeah. they hit from like they hit one angle and then they hit from mm-hmm. another angle. Like that's that's bread and butter for Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. And you see that, and I think that's one of the scenes that they they actually put side by side in this video I was talking about. But it's insane. Like it's something you wouldn't even think about. And then when you see it side by side, you're like, how did I not, how did I not think of this? Like, this is exactly like command C command V like, yeah, <laughs> but one of the other things we always talk about, um, you know, we'd already mentioned the animes like Loki, not the cool thing back in the day. And mm-hmm. like, it's very much coming to its own now. And it's like almost commonplace. I mean, it is. There's a bigger, yeah. bigger manga section and there is a comic book section yeah. at places like Barnes and Noble. Yeah. And so, uh, along with that, like those are the, that's one of the things and it's kind of the inspiration behind the show is that that is something that was very much, um, a point where you'd be like made fun of or ridiculed mm-hmm. along with music. Cause I think that that's the, the parallel is definitely there. Like the things you listen to, like if, if someone hears you like a band that they don't like, all of a sudden you're like, not a cool kid like back in the day like yeah what, just because i like this weird music like i'm still cool or whatever like we can still hang out but mm-hmm. that's definitely true and i see that ring true like on you know multiple episodes when people come in they're like yeah what's up with that yeah. and i think it's just you know you can't put objective views on things that are subjective like that's that's just what it boils down to like everyone has different taste and there's no there's not like a right answer you know what i mean but you kind of in that vein i think it's it's interesting some of the things you typed as like some of your favorite music because oh yeah here we go always folks. yeah like get it, ready it's, yeah. With, it's with every guest yeah and um it's just interesting some of the ones that you uh you put like you go from like regina specter to like the uh, gorillas I should, like what? i should i think i think it'd be funniest for everyone if i just read this real quick yeah you so the question that i received was what types of music <laughs> were you a fan of growing up what do you listen to now? You're giving away the trade secrets, but that's okay. Oh, okay. Well, you can edit this out. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. What, what, I, what I said was, uh, this is my verbatim answer. My parents always listened to Billy Joel and Elton John and Chicago. <laughs> and I was a dull child, so I wasn't exposed to real music till college. And after that, it's all over the place. Looking at an old college mix, and this is all from one mix on my iPod. Wow. Uh, we've got stuff that includes the following Thomas Dolby, Weird Al Yankovic, <laughs> Moby, Kate Bush, the goddamn Monster Mash, Regina Spector, Florence and the Machine, Kate Nash, Chumbawamba. We all love Chumbawamba. Chumbawamba. We all love that we? one song. Yeah. I actually found some others. Uh, Chumbawamba, uh, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros, the Gorillas, the Killers, because I went to college in the early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, actually, mid-2000s, I guess. But uh, Feist, 
Tegan and Sarah, which really surprised me. Hey, man, you like that acoustic, uh, that acoustic singer song? Yeah, when they did the song for the Lego <laughs> movie, I was like, what? <laughs> like, uh, Mumford and Sons, Beirut, and of course, Modest Mouse. And, and when you see that, that's all on one. Like, I would jog to all of that music at once. <laughs> I didn't even put the really weird ones. Like, uh, there were a few that were just really strange like uh you know nowadays i'll listen to music from bob's burgers oh yeah and stuff like that just weird quirky tunes because <laughs> when i grew up it was seriously all we listened to because my parents didn't go to movies unless they were disney for the kids and they didn't really like go to any concerts except for billy joel and elton john so maybe i'd hear the beatles every once in a yeah. while i uh, will I still Fan of the pianists, I guess. Yeah. I was about to say, yeah, I still listen to Billy Joel, not so much Elton John anymore, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's fascinating stuff. Well, even like this list, it's not, it's all different shit, but I think it is like, this is a very good, like, it, it's like a microcosm of the early two thousands. Right. It, yeah, it really is. I, I mean, was, I was looking at it again and yeah. it was kind of like, you know, Sam, you should just the said, you like, the killers. Like, yeah. <laughs> I should have just said, oh, I like house music. Modest mouse. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean. Pop music, yeah. But those are the things, you know, it, it tried and true mm-hmm. are the two things that stick with you most, I think. Yeah. Music, I mean, I still listen to stuff from whenever I was a kid. You know, you hear a, you hear a song and it takes you back to a time. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, I remember like whenever I hear like uh, my mom was a huge fan of like Phil Collins, like Genesis and shit yeah. like that. And so if I hear like a song like that, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember mom like getting us up and like we're cleaning on like a Saturday morning. Yeah. And I'm, you know, it's like Genesis, some Genesis tunes or something. Superman, where are you now? That stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And so it's just more than anything, almost, I think that's something that's so tied to memory. I think it's why it sticks with us. Mm hmm. And so, yeah, it's just, uh, but yeah, you definitely had a crazy mix. It's hilarious. It was all in one mix. We found yeah. a, a friend of mine I used to work with, uh, she found her old iPod, shout out to Alex, but <laughs> she found her old iPod one time and I had, like, I, I kept an iPod at my desk, like yep. an iPod classic and she had like a mini, like, I don't remember what generation iPod, but she was like, yeah, I found it, but it's Isn't dead. it weird? They have like 20 years worth of I, iPods really, now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was like, oh, I have a charger at my desk. And she was oh, like, man. what? Ugh. And so we charged it. And it was just like the worst music. Yeah. <laughs> like she was so embarrassed. She was like, dang it. A lot of NSYNC. It was a lot of like, yeah. uh, she had like Nickelback. And oh. Like, I think she had like, maybe she had like Buck Cherry on there. See, and that's like, me. And everything like, chopped and screwed too. I, She's from Texas. So oh, man. everything chopped and screwed. I had a, I was looking at my old iPod list for this. And I saw Lincoln Park on there, and oh, I was man. like, "Oh no!" Rest in peace. Yeah, it's, it's a shame because yeah. I, I want to have a joke about it. It is a shame what happened recently, but like, I thought it was so funny because I listened to it again. It's just like a whole song about a dude who's angry at his dad, and I'm just like, True. "Oh man!" Oh, yeah. Like, okay, I'm glad you were able to turn this into a song, but whoa, yeah, yeah. Well, I, guess, I guess in the end, it doesn't even matter. Oh Jesus! <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think I used that joke in another podcast when the oh, bar came up, and God. <laughs> it didn't get hardly any reaction. I was just like, "Oh, oh they didn't I get it." I thought they were pretty solid. <laughs> You're sitting there for like five minutes. Yeah. Huh? I think huh? everyone's just <laughs> reverent of the dead, and uh, I'm just a piece of shit human being. So, <laughs> at my yeah. core, you know. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, but man, it, it's really cool too to see you work with a. Uh, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. um, to see you work with like a lot of the local guys. You think it, that's like a one of the main things about the city, um, like the culture. Do you think it's just so inclusive and so uh, like cooperative that? That, I was, like, ma- that makes you stick around in the city. Yeah, I was very, uh, I was happily surprised. I actually moved to Oklahoma because I met my, uh, I met my wife in uh, St. Louis where I was living at the time. I graduated from school in 2009. So, you know, a graphic designer, illustrator, the economy was in the toilet. So what I did was I basically worked retail for a few years until I was able to make buy on freelance. So I stuck around at the place I graduated, which was St. Louis. Uh, my wife ended up going to law school there and we actually met through online dating. Oh, cool. And one thing led to another, we decided to get married and she's like, we got to move back to my home state, uh, Oklahoma. Cause I could get, I could probably get work better there than I can here. And, uh, we talked about it for a while and I had, I had made a promise to myself when I went to college cause I actually went to high school in Texas and that was back when, uh, you know, back, that was back when George Bush was president and all that stuff was going on. I despised it. I, like, Oh, I shouldn't say that. I, I had some good friends at Texas, but like the culture was just not great. It not great for creatives, not great for like, you know, you, you just couldn't really express yeah. If you, I'm a progressive, so you couldn't really express that without there being a hammer coming down on you. So I really was not comfortable coming back to the South because there's just, I think we all know, we all live here. So we all kind of know what I'm saying when I say that. But I was really surprised when we moved back uh, down here. I've always, I kid my wife that she was the only thing that could have gotten me to move further <laughs> South than yeah. St. Louis. Uh, but when we got to Oklahoma city, I was really surprised at just how many creative folks were here, how many folks who shared my values actually lived here. It's kind of like an oasis. This and Tulsa are like an oasis in the middle of just like a big desert of confusion. (laughs) Uh, like, so that, that part's been nice. And then, yeah, like it's been a lot more, it's the good parts of the South, which is like the hospitality, the food, the food, the price of living. I oh, mean, the yeah. cost of living is Definitely. really nice. But when you're in Oklahoma City or in Tulsa, you also get like the benefit of being you're working with people who, you know, uh, culturally are similar. Yeah. Share the same values. Yeah. They share the same values or they just, you know, they're not in your face about it because I, I grew up in like a like, you know, church, youth group, Southern sort of, uh, set up. And it was just always in your face all the time. And it was like, okay, I get it. God, leave me alone. <laughs> like, yeah. So it was really nice, like, uh, discovering it wasn't like that in Oklahoma city. So some of my prejudices and predispositions were wrong. So that's been like one of the more rewarding aspects. Like we're really involved. Like you were, like you were just saying, I've worked with Brian Winkler a lot. I work with robot house quite a bit. Those guys are great. Uh, Clint walking stick. I'm on the board, of the local AIGA. Uh, my wife and I are both part of rotary. Uh, if anybody listening knows what spelling beer is, I've designed the B for that for like the last four years and probably will be doing so for the foreseeable future. That's sort of what I'm known for in town. It's like your thing, man. Yeah. And, and it's been nice because I've been able to like, you can actually uh, 
work freelance or independently and still have a decent living. Oh yeah. You, you, I'm, I'm not stuck. Cause a lot of my friends moved to uh, San Francisco or Los Angeles or New York. Cause that's just where you have to go sometimes to do illustration. And they like, you know, they have to live out of like a, a shoe box, like oh, a little yeah. tiny apartment. I mean, definitely. And I get the like cost a of living there. So the roof, it's insane. It's insane. We looked at some of the budgets and I was like, Oh no, oh, no, no, no. Well, even like in Austin, I have a, one of my buddies yeah. works down there and, um, he was like, yeah, I'm like my rent's crazy. And he was telling mm-hmm. me what his rent was for a, for a studio apartment in Austin. Yeah. How much? I was like, dude, I, I think he said twenty five hundred for oh he was my looking God. for like yeah. a studio or something like that. But I was like, man, like that's that's insane. Like, yeah, see, whatever it, it was, I, I don't remember the number, but whatever it was was actually a little bit more than what me and my wife pay for a four bedroom house that's in Yukon. Nuts, and we own the house. I'm yeah, like, exactly. For a studio apartment, yeah. bro. Like, God, well, damn. that's the thing, right? Like everybody here who's at that level, we all own houses. And we, and, and we have like you know we have like studios in our houses and stuff and, and like nobody will come to visit you because it's oklahoma but yeah. screw them right yeah. you, you've got your friends and i can afford to eat out every night so like oh shit so that's like one that's of the funny. fun things about uh, all that yeah oh that's funny man mm-hmm. um well sam i really appreciate you coming out and uh spending some time in the you know, geeking out with me, man. Yep. Why don't you uh, tell people where they can find you on social media and like, uh, like your website and everything like that. Sure. Probably the easiest one is going to be Instagram. Uh, if you go to Swashburn illustration, uh, spelled just the way it sounds S Washburn illustration, no spaces or anything. Uh, that's my handle on Instagram. Uh, my handle on Twitter is at Samuel Washburn. Uh, I will say I, I get a little political on t- Twitter. So if you're not into that, probably don't follow me on Twitter. <laughs> uh, but if you want to find me on the web, which will give you links to, you know, Facebook and stuff like that, just go to washburnillustration.com. Cool, man. Yep. Well, yeah, thanks again, Sam. And as always, you could follow us on social media, Tunes Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and then you can listen to us on Google Play, iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcasts. So see you guys next time. Peace out. <laughs>